0: and our music team for the amazing music you always share with us, and I've loved the music we've sung during the series, so, you know, it's always time to move on, but it's been a a good one, Bonnie, so thank you for those songs. So I want to start by saying Happy Father's Day to all those fathers, grandfathers, great grandfathers that might be out there. And I also want to come back to an awareness that, you know, we have this wholeness of experience and that... Just as we said in Mother's Day, for some, this day is a good day, a happy day. And for others, there may be more of a struggle. And so I wanted to share with you something that I found um, on a blog by Kathy Escobar. And so uh, this, is when I, this is what I want to say. This is what she says. If you've got a good daddy and can celebrate today, enjoy. It's a gift. But for those of you in a different place, I just want to acknowledge the reality of this day. This Father's Day, there are so many out there who are grieving the loss of their fathers. It might have been years ago or just recently, but the hole that they leave can never be filled. There are those who are grieving the loss of a child. The ache is always there, but its reality magnifies on this day. There are those who have children of all ages who are hurting and struggling and believe if I had just been a better father back then, things would be better for my kids. Who wish that they were able to have children, but haven't been able to and are constantly faced with that reality. Who long for a dad who is present and available and caring and protecting, but received a much different kind. Who never knew their father, but always wondered what he might have been like and why he didn't stay, who dream of a different kind of father for their children and dream of a different kind of father for themselves, who remain stuck with ex-husbands and ex-wives and partners who fail to take care of their babies properly and make lives hard, or remain connected to ex-husbands and ex-wives and partners who might be really great, but this holiday is a reminder of the loss of marriages and dreams who were taught a really damaging theology about God and are unwinding from those beliefs that included God the Father, who is constantly mad, disapproving, and harsh. Who wonder what it would be like to hear the words, Well done, I'm proud of you, I'm with you all the way, I believe in you, from their fathers. Who believed we were less than because other kids and friends who have fathers who care, and we don't who ache for a hug, a smile, a laugh, a push on the swing, a kind word, a tender touch from their dads again, or maybe for the first time. Like some of these other holidays, this day is sometimes a day of grief. I pray you can let yourself feel what you need to feel, that you can remember that you're not crazy, and the loss of a father, no matter what that loss looks like, always hurts. And that you can acknowledge God and real life can get all tangled up. And sometimes we need a little help untangling it. That was from Kathy Escobar. And so on this Father's Day, it's really every day, I'm reminded that, that life is a complex series of emotions, right, that we go through. That, yes, God is good all the time. That we are here to reveal and demonstrate that good, that here in this moment, as in every moment, there is good to be discovered, and yet we've got this complexity of this human emotion and this human experience that we are moving through, and that we are all called in every moment to heal those areas within ourselves that might be painful, that might be causing us to suffer. It might have us in this place of lack and limitation and separation, and that this day, as every day is, is an opportunity to heal that so that we can create in this fabric of our existence this opportunity for our true potential to be demonstrated. And so in order to support that, we have been going through this creative process, looking at these seven days of creation and, and how we can take a look at those seven days of creation in a metaphysical way to understand that in every moment of every day, we can use this process to help us to heal and transform our lives. And so this particular day of creation reminds me of the idea that so many of us grew up with of this anthropomorphic God, because it kind of kind of comes through on this particular day. So let me read to you. This is now we've been reading from the first chapter of Genesis, but today for the seventh day we move to the second chapter and this is what we hear. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. Now, I'm just imagining that, right? This this God this being out there in the heavens who's been so busy creating, right? it was a lot of work to put that light into all of creation. It was a lot of work to make that dome in the sky to separate the heavens from the earth. it was a lot of work to create, you know, the the sun and the moon and the swarms of the fish and the the birds and and then all the other creatures, the other creatures that had to be created. and, And man, I had to create that too. Man, I'm tired. I need a break, right? I mean, this, this image of this God-like being that needs a day to rest, that just adds to this idea that some of us grew up with and are still healing from, this idea of this being that is God that shows these human-like qualities and that needs to rest. Well, is there, a, is there another message in this particular day for us? It goes on to say, so God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, depending on your version of scripture, it might say, made it holy, right? Because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. This particular passage comes up in this second chapter, and you'll recall that I've said that the The first chapter of Genesis, all of this that we've been talking about so far, is from the unity perspective, the creation of all that exists here in divine mind. In other words, it hasn't yet outpictured, it hasn't yet demonstrated, it hasn't yet become physical, it's still being held in the possibility and in the potential that is divine mind, and we're reminded in that that this is how our creation begins as well, right? We begin in mind. We begin to hold these ideas in mind so that they can de- then demonstrate out into existence. But this day of creation, this seventh day, this rest, this creative intermission, as Eric Butterworth calls it, actually starts the second chapter of Genesis. And we've been talking about how the second chapter is when the, the existence comes out into demonstration. And so for me, this fact that this seventh day begins that chapter reminds me that if I want to bring anything out into demonstration, if I want my life to reflect the ideas that I'm holding in my mind, then I need to get to this place of simply sitting with it and allowing it to happen. It's that let part of creation. So how many times in our life do we get so caught up in the way that it ought to be and we get so caught up in the doing of it, of of the trying to control it and make it be a certain way, and we forget to just pause, to surrender, to breathe, to allow. This day reminds us that if we wanted to demonstrate, we must take that moment of breathing and allowing. And, you know, creation is set up with those rest periods right in mind. And and we do it all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. So even right here, right now, as we're sitting in this space, you are having this resting as part of your process. Because just try for a moment to breathe without a rest. Okay, so we're all going to do this together. Not very long, right? But we're going to breathe without resting. Here we go. And before long, if we kept doing that, we'd have to pass out brown bags so you could breathe into them because we'd all be hyperventilating, right? So whether we realize it or not, as we breathe in and breathe out, there's that that moment of rest. And it's the same with our heartbeat, right? There's that ba-dump, ba-dump, ba-dump. But it isn't ba-dump, 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 ba 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 Right? There's this resting that is naturally built into the process. And there's the periods of time that we in our bodies need to rest, right? You can't you can't go twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week without breaking down. In fact, you know, your health would be severely compromised if you didn't take time to rest each each day and sleep. Give your give your mind, give your brain an opportunity to heal from all that information that's been coming in and we're told today that really we need anywhere from seven to nine hours of sleep to fully restore our body and that the average american gets much less than that how about you and what happens right when we don't get enough sleep what happens when we don't give our bodies those times to rest and renew i don't know about the rest of you but when i do that you don't really want to be around me because my buttons are pushed that much faster, right? And, and usually I'm have, I struggle when I don't get enough sleep. I know I'm not alone in that. And then there's nature itself, right? These cycles of resting and activity. The winter that we just finally came through, right? But that is so important to give nature um, from animals to plant life time to rest and renew. And so I know without a doubt that we are all called to remember this in the creative process, that we need this time of rest as well in the creative process. And so what exactly does that mean when we're talking about our creative ability? Well, one thing that I know for sure is that, as I said last week, this is not a linear process. It's not like, I'm done with day one, and I don't ever have to revisit that again. And I'm done with day two, and so let's move on to day three. But that this is completely an integrated process that is constantly going on all the time, just like our breathing in and out. You know, it's this process that's constantly going on. And so the creative process is the same way. And so in our culture and in our society and in traditional religion, there is this idea that there is this seventh day that has been set apart. And that we have made, we are called to make holy, right? Because that's what Scripture told us. God declared this holy, and so if we've set up this idea, right, that there is one holy day, and whether you observe that holy day on Friday or on Saturday or on Sunday, and we could get into arguments about when that ought to be, and people do, right? Whether, whether you think that uh, what you've been taught that we've been taught that I was taught that. And then there's the other six days a week that become the secular days, right? So I did my duty. I went to church today. All of you are here. Right? I did my duty. I came to church today. Now let me go back into the rest of my week, which is separate from this time in church, separate from that sacredness of being here in spiritual community. And that's what we've been set up to believe, right? How many say, you know, I go to church to get filled up. And then i go out into my world. And then i have to come back next Sunday to get filled back up again. And what I would suggest to you is that at issue is this idea that there is this separation between the secular and the holy. And that in unity, what we are encouraged to know is that that sacred moment that God created here on the seventh day, declaring it holy, that that's really every moment of every day. And at every moment of every day, we can take a breath and remember the truth. And that in this creative process, not a linear creative process, but this integrated whole of the creative process, that in any moment in that creative process that I become aware once more that I have moved off of the truth of what I am, I can take this holy moment to breathe and remember, ah, here, this too is holy and sacred. Let me come from that place. Yes. So what place? What place do we come from? In our bulletin this week, we're not going to go to the sacred practice yet, but but there's a, a quote from Eric Butterworth in that sacred practice that I invite you every time that you become aware in any moment that I have moved off of my truth that you take a breath and you come back into this remembering. I establish myself in the awareness of the sacred secret of the Christ indwelling, the hidden genius of my God-self in my thoughts, in my words and actions. I give it full exposure that all the world might see and rejoice with me that I am whole. Take that in. This hidden genius of my God-self so that when I am caught up in any moment in the in the stories of fear and worry and doubt and concern, and I am now creating from that place of lack and limitation and separation, and I become aware of that. I need to breathe, pause, stop, allow this creative intermission to take place where I come back into the truth of who I am. I am the hidden genius of this God self. I need to... Allow that to move in through and as me. So I want you to pause. Take this creative intermission with me and close your eyes for a moment. And just imagine, have the courage to imagine with me of what it would be like to live your life from this place of knowing that I am whole. I am a unique expression of the divine. I am a point of consciousness within the greater consciousness that is God. I am God expressing as me. And in the stillness of this moment to to listen. What would life be like? Right here, right now. If you pause to remember that. And I'm going to invite you to open your eyes back up. And what would that be like for you? What would that be like to know this creative genius that you are? What would that be like? What would your experience of life be if you did that? Joyous. Joyous. Peace. Expansive. Confidence building. Connected inspiring, right? And as we pause and breathe and remember this, allow ourselves to remember this and feel this, this connection, this inspiration, this joy, this love, this peace, as we do that in this creative intermission, then we take another breath and realize, okay, now there's work to be done. So let me go back to creating from that place, from that remembering Because if we don't do that, then life just crowds in on us. And the world out there, life out there, will support us in every fear, worry, and doubt that we hold in mind. In every thought of not enough and less than that we hold in mind. Life will say, yep, you're right. But it will also say, yep, you're right if we pause, breathe, remember, and come from that place of love and joy and peace, confidence. And act from that. And so what I'm really reminded of in this series is that we could use this creative process to create anything that we want. Anything that we want. You could use it to to create the house of your dreams or the work of your dreams or the relationship of your dreams or the... Fill in the blank of your dreams. You could use it for that. But I'm reminded that Jesus told us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so we get it backwards when we use this creative process on those things that are going to be added unto us if all we do is come back to that kingdom of heaven consciousness within us. And so let's use this creative process as this opportunity to center in an awareness That I am the genius of God expressing. I am the kingdom of God being revealed. I am that Christ light here to shine my light. And I can let go of attachment and worry and concern and fear and doubt about all of the rest because I know with confidence that those things will be added unto me as I'm living that light of Christ that I am. And so as I've been sharing with you, this story of of our fire. And you'll recall, in the first week, I kind of went through this questioning, like, why did this happen to me? Was it because of holding this thought? And then last week, I ended with, you know, sharing the story of how I talked to that self of me that had gone through the fire a year and two after the fire had happened, and, and how we need to move out of this time and space continuum, so I kind of came away from here last Sunday going, oh, maybe that's why I went through the fire, so I could be standing up here through this series to share my lessons of all the things that I learned through this fire. I mean, who knows? And I want you to know that I did not start this series thinking that I was going to share this story all the way through, but that's just the way the creative process works, if you're listening. So I started the first week consciously sharing that first story, which naturally led to the second week sharing a little bit more. And then I went, you know, I probably have a lesson for every one of these things. And so, not surprisingly, there was like the perfect lesson to demonstrate this creative intermission. So when the fire happened, when when Gary and I were still in a hotel room and then eventually the kids joined us in their hotel room and we were basically homeless because our house was half burned down, we very quickly said we want to end up there at our house. We don't want to stay in a hotel for these months that it's going to take. What we envisioned, what we saw is that we would have a trailer, a trailer that would be placed in our driveway so that we could be there still watching what happened as this home was first torn down and then rebuilt. But the problem was we only had so much space. So so the insurance company very quickly located a, a 60-foot trailer here, right here in Elyria, actually. you You passed it on 90, the place where they sell trailers and whatnot. But we didn't have room for a 60-foot trailer because there was a garden shed that was sitting there. And a flower bed and, and bushes, you know. So very quickly it was decided that we could move that garden shed. They came in with a I don't I don't know what you would call it, but a big thing that picked it up and that actually moved it to a different location and then they came in, there was this big viburnum. And they came in with a chainsaw and cut that viburnum down, right? And then we had we had the space. I mean, one end of the trailer butted up to the house, and the other end, we had this big hill that went down, went to like the edge of the hill. But it fit. And so we, we were there in this trailer during this entire winter, which unlike this winter, we ended up in like February with all these beautiful 60-degree days. Perfect order. Because... The guys didn't have to wait until April or May to tear down that house and start rebuilding. They did it in February on those 60-degree days. It was so fabulous. And as we went through this process and as we, I breathed and listened, and the thing is that there was things to do, right? So, so I don't want you to get from this seventh day, this resting, that there's nothing for you to do. It's not like we can just sit back and say, okay, God, take care of this. Come on. Nobody else was going to fill out all that insurance paperwork. No one else was going to make the endless decisions of, now what kind of windows do you want, and what kind of shingles do you want, and what kind of carpet do you want, and what kind of paint do you want, and what kind of, do want, what kind of trim do you want, and endless, endless decisions that needed to be made. It wasn't like I could just say, God's deciding, right? We We had our part to do. But in the process of it, it was this, Creative intermission of resting. When the fear would arise, it was remembering the truth. God is at work here. So what's mine to do? And do that. Do that with confidence. Do that with joy. Do that with inspiration. Do that with peace. Do it. And months went by as that house was rebuilt and we did what was ours to do. And so, not surprisingly, when it came time to move back in, guess where I was? I was out at Unity Village. <laughs> Bye, Gary. <laughs> I'm heading out to the village. It was so so perfect that that week that we would be moving back into that house, I was out at Unity Village. And that trailer, that trailer that had sat in our driveway from January and that was now the end of July, it didn't get pulled out of there until early August. That trailer got pulled away, and that viburnum bush—you know, that big viburnum bush that we had cut down so that the trailer could sit over it. I mean, what were the what were the odds that that viburnum bush would come through this this fire as well as we had? It had been sitting under a trailer for eight months in the dark, but when we pulled, they pulled that trailer by Burnham Bush had green on it. And it was, it was my reminder, right? That life, life is the expression of all of our lives. That, that we are called to express life. That it's our very nature to express life. And that no matter what's occurring, no matter how dark it may appear, that there is this natural process of life that is continuing to happen, and that sometimes we just need to take a breath and rest in it, in the darkness, in the stillness, and allow God to have its way with us so that we can once more, once we see the light of day, spring forth with the greenness of the life that is always there and always present, and that by Burnham brush just grew from there after the trailer was pulled away. I didn't know when this process began, the good that would come out of it. But as I followed this creative process, first understanding that God has put light in all parts of creation, therefore there is potential for good here. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look pretty. But there's potential for good here. Think about whatever the situation is in your life that you're, you're wondering, because it doesn't look good and it doesn't look pretty. But can you stand on that firm foundation of faith with me that life will unfold here, that good will be demonstrated here? Can you stand on that firm foundation of faith and allow your thoughts and your words and your actions to reflect that understanding? Can you stand on this firm foundation of faith and know that all I need to do is is to listen and breathe and know this before I take action. Can you stand on that firm foundation of faith and recognize and realize that in divine mind you live and breathe and move and have your being and you are not separate from that, so at any moment you can catch this beautiful divine idea of what this moment is to look like for you. And can you catch that swarming in your mind are both Thoughts of fear and worry and doubt because that's natural. We're all here in this human experience and those thoughts come up. But that we can separate those thoughts from the other swarming thoughts of encouragement and inspiration and joy and life and light. And can you bring those thoughts forward into your experience knowing that you were created in that divine image and likeness of God? In other words, with that creative intelligence that God created life, you can create your life today. And then when you want to get caught up in trying to make it look a certain way, when you get caught up in, I need it to be this, when you get caught up in the doing, 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 thinking I just got to do a little bit more, can you just stop and pause? And breathe and remember. I establish myself in the awareness of the sacred secret of the Christ indwelling, the hidden genius of my God self and my thoughts and my words and my actions, and I give it full exposure that all the world might see and rejoice. I am whole. Are you willing to live your life? In that way, giving no power, no concern to the outer distractions, the outer things that is finally going to bring you that peace and that joy and that contentment and that security. But that all you need to do is seek that, and all else will be added unto you. So we've got it up there. I'm going to move so everybody can, can read it with me, right? Let's speak this aloud, this affirmation of truth that's up there. I establish myself in the awareness of the sacred secret of the Christ indwelling. The hidden genius of my God self in my thoughts, words, and actions. I give it full exposure that all the world might see and rejoice with me. I am whole. What would it be like to pause in this? creative intermission of any moment, not on a particular day, not at a particular time, but every moment to be in awareness that this is what I'm wanting to demonstrate. I am whole. I put it out in full exposure for the world to see. I am whole. Will you claim that with me? Will you know that with me? Because when we do so, and then allow a demonstration from that place, we cannot help but to reveal the good that is always present and always available in every moment, because every moment is holy. Thank you, and God bless.